Hello and welcome to In the Works from Career Services. We're happy to be joining you again on our still fairly new show, where we talk about all things job search and career related. So if you had missed the first show and wanted to catch up on it, it is available on our website at ucalgary.ca careers. My name is Lawrence Chan, and I am joined with David Catterford, and we both work with undergraduate students. So David, it's January, it's a new year. Have you made any New Year's resolutions? My New Year's resolution has kind of been like a, 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 a constant New Year's resolution for the last several years, and that's to try and be more organized. And, and, and so I have a new day timer. But what's really cool about my new day timer 2021 edition is it's got a, a couple things like with gratitude and things to do lists and prioritizing. And so I'm really going to try and and, and take advantage of those new sections and be, and be more grateful in 2021. That sounds like a good planner. For myself, last year, I kind of started to focus on that gratitude piece as well. So that's something I want to keep doing this year. Okay, but why don't we get things started because we have a full show today. So I wanted to start today off by inviting our international career development specialist, Liliana Gonzalez, and our Indigenous Career Development Specialist, Sarah Jackknife, to talk more about the diverse students that Career Services sees. I mean, obviously, we help with any current UFC student, but as well, if you didn't know before already, we offer specific help for international or Indigenous students. So first question for you, um, you know, career planning and kind of exploration is a big piece of what we do. But I was wondering, what do you have to take into account when advising international and Indigenous students? Liliana, why don't we start with you? Thank you so much for having us, Lawrence. And uh, yeah, definitely, I think this is an important topic to talk about. And it could be a very complex topic, even when it comes to the term culture it is very multidimensional. So when we think of culture, it encompasses not just your ethnicity, but it could include things like religion, level of education, age, so many different factors. And so um, each individual is going to be influenced by all of these facets and that plays into making a career decision or trying to find a job. Uh, One of the things that I noticed quite a bit when it comes to international students is how perhaps their cultural background can influence the way that they make career decisions or how they, let's say, apply for jobs. And in addition to culture, personal values also play a big part. And so each individual is going to have unique values. And so, for example, for some people, it might be prestige. Right. And so having a prestigious career or a career where you feel like uh, family members are going to respect you in that sense. And so that could be important for some people. For other people, it might be financial stability. Uh, Let's say for others, it might be helping the community. And so I think the values will depend on each individual, but then you notice similarities depending on culture as well. And while so far I've talked about the individual student and their culture, every single company is going to have their own culture. And so We cannot generalize and and think that in Canada, every workplace is going to be the same, but just think about how each workplace is going to have their own workplace culture. And that's something that we try to talk to students and and coach them on so that they are successful in the workplace. And for you, Sarah, what have you noticed in working with Indigenous students? Yeah, I think for uh, Indigenous students, this is a bit of a generalization, but something I've noticed quite a bit 
um, is that a lot of Indigenous students are interested in, in going into a career, often are in a program with a desire to help their community or empower their community. And so oftentimes they feel like when they're thinking about career development or the next step, there is a question of how will this benefit my community or how will the skills that I'm learning benefit my community? Um, and in some, in some cases, there's also a desire to, to move back to their community after they're done their degree. And so I think there's a need for employers as well to be open and aware um, and being willing to provide those type of opportunities. Um, and then the other piece that I think is really critical when we think about um, Indigenous career development is that Indigenous students can enter the workforce with sometimes um, with different needs. And so one of those we may see is Indigenous students uh, across Canada tend to be a bit older than your typical university student. Mm -hmm. And so they may have kids, they may have a mortgage, they may have um, community members that are relying on them. And so their desire sometimes to get a degree done in a shorter period of time and kind of get right into the workforce is often really critical. Um, or they may be entering the workforce with a lot of life experience other students may not. And mm -hmm. so that kind of sets them apart in a really unique and powerful way right right and, and those are some great points that you've brought up um so i know for us you know we often promote assessments and other tools to help students uh understand themselves better and to kind of you know see what they're striving for but again since you work with uh, such diverse students have you had to employ or use kind of more different or creative methods in order to create that career plan I think each appointment, every time we meet with a student, uh, typically we try to individualize it to each person. So what that means is we customize it. We try to identify first what's important to them. Um, so if let's say family is important to them or let's say the community is important to them, we try to embed that into the career planning process. But I think generally we try to look at not only values or personality, uh, we also try to think about the interests that they might have and also some of their goals. And so, for example, for international students, it is oftentimes one of the goals to be able to graduate from a program and perhaps apply for permanent residency in Canada. And so if they have that plan, perhaps they need to consider what the requirements are. So for instance, depending on the type of um, permanent residency that they might wanna do, uh, they need to learn about what's, what are some of the work experiences that they might need. And so working backwards, that can be useful. And so, for example, gaining Canadian experience before they graduate, that can help them with that process. And so I think each person is going to be very different in how we approach it. But I think being mindful of all of these cultural factors and even their experiences, uh, that can influence how we approach the career development process. Another thing I wanted to mention too, is that when it comes to international students, sometimes if English is their second language, this could be a barrier if let's say they haven't practiced fluency or they haven't practiced communicating orally. And so sometimes um, let's say they have a great GPA, but then when it comes to the interview, when they need to talk about their experiences, they might have some difficulties there. And so what I get them to do is to practice their fluency, practice, mock, practice by doing mock interviews. And um, another thing to note is that we are not trying to get rid of any accents. I think having an accent is fantastic. I think it's part of your heritage. It shows some of your cultural background, uh, but it's more about pronunciation. So being able to pronunciate the words in a way that people are able to understand you. I think that's where we're trying to get students at. Mm -hmm. And what about you, Sarah? 
One of the things that I've found has been the most helpful uh, is really thinking of it more of as relationship building. So a lot of the times when I do have career development conversations with students, there's almost a sense of inform informality and, and kind of almost like an organic nature where um, I used to work out of the writing symbols lodge pre-COVID and just sitting and having lunch and, and kind of just um, starting a conversation and it kind of just naturally career development kind of just integrates. And so that's something I found to be really, really helpful. And instead of having it really prescribed and um, this is when we start, this is when we end, kind of thinking of it more of sharing stories and just really mm -hmm. getting to know the person. Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, we definitely welcome it when students follow up with us and kind of just have a check in here and there and just to get an update from them. Okay, so now the last question for you. From kind of the employer's perspective, what are some qualities or advantages that international or indigenous students bring? I would say definitely for international students, having the international experience. So regardless of if they've worked professionally in their home countries or other countries, or if they haven't, they still have developed intercultural communication skills. And so the ability to communicate with people from different cultures, that is a big asset. And as we know, Canada is very multicultural. And so having this skill, it's very useful. Another thing too is oftentimes they do speak more than one language and so that can be very beneficial, especially if they're dealing with people in the company or different stakeholders that speak a variety of languages. Um, also research has shown that people that have international experience, they're able to have a more creative mindset. And the reason why is because they're able to view situations, they're able to view projects in a different perspective. And so they can bring that to an organization and it can be an asset. And then another thing that has been seen is that international students bring a sense of maturity. A lot of times, sometimes they have to live independently, right? Um, they have to be able to manage living in a different country. And so having the sense of maturity is also an asset when they are applying for jobs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that kind of, like Sarah, that sounds like a point that you've kind of raised up a bit too for Indigenous students. Um, like you said, sometimes they tend to be a little bit older. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think sometimes students are a little bit worried because maybe their work experience in the past doesn't completely align with where they decide to go after their degree. Um, but it can be really, really powerful. And I think it's that's where we come in in terms of helping them figure out how do you put that on a resume or how do you show, um, you know, talk about that experience in, a, in, in an interview. So it, it can be very, very, very powerful for sure. Mm -hmm. um, and I think just in terms of Indigenous students, there's certainly a move across Canada, kind of post-TRC era of really um, thinking about how to hire Indigenous students and Indigenous employees into, into companies. And so I think Indigenous students um, there's certainly a lot of opportunities for them. And, and I think one thing that we're seeing that's really powerful is that once an Indigenous student gets in the company, if they're happy, they're in such a, a privileged position to also create more opportunities for future generations um, and also help if they're comfortable, uh, the employer maybe be aware of how to make their company more inclusive. And so um, it can be a bit of a scary position. I think for some students, they might be the first um, Indigenous student a company is hired, but when they think about the impact they have, they're really opening the door for more future Indigenous students. And so um, it's almost an, an automatic way to be kind of a role model and a leader within a company, within an organization, and, and that's going to have impacts that will be felt for a long time. So I think that's something I would encourage Indigenous students to think of is not necessarily something negative, but also something really, really powerful.
Yeah, those are some really good points, and thanks for sharing that broader perspective. I mean, I know we work together, but you know, we don't always talk about that on a regular basis. So thanks for sharing that. Okay, now let's go into our next segment: real people, real careers. This is where we interview a professional and ask them questions just about their career, so what they're doing and how they got there. So, David, why don't you introduce this month's guest? Okay. Well, today we're going to be interviewing Deanne, and she works as a counselor in Ontario, and she helps all kinds of folks, individuals, couples, and families. When she started her career, she didn't expect to go into counseling at first, but later realized her strengths for listening and asking questions was actually a great match. Everybody deserves space and opportunity to talk through things that are bothering them. And Deanne is happy to be the person that listens. We hope you enjoy the interview with Deanne and myself, David Cadaver. So, when did you realize that this was? What was your aha moment? Like, what? What was your? Hey, I think I'm good at this. I think I can do this. Like, when? When did that happen for you? So, when I first started in counseling, this was through my master's program at York University um, in my master's of social work. And I was working as part of my program, we have practicum placement. And so I applied to family services, York region, because, you know, this was the time for me where I was like, okay, I need to know if I'm good at this or if I'm not, because I know all the things that I'm already good at. And this was the last one that I was like, okay, I really need to know if this works for me or if I'm not really good at this. And I think it was through my first shoot, actually my first day, um, we had training with one of our senior counselors and he basically said, all people really need is to know that you're there and that you're willing to understand and listen to their story. And I think for me, that was a really big thing because in my head, counseling for me was like, okay, I need to know all of these theories that I learned in school and know exactly what to say, when to say these things. And I, and I remember my first few clients as a student realizing that they just need somebody who has that space for them to really listen and to just ask questions and be interested in who they are for me as well. I do that in my in my regular life, so I didn't really think that was a skill that you could use. <laughs> but realizing, wait a minute, this is something I'm actually good at. And so um, through that, I really realized my ability to just sit with somebody and impacting impact them in, in that positive way and knowing that somebody's actually there for them, that, that someone's listening to their story. Tell me, um, let's go back a little, let's go way, way back. Like what was when you were younger, what was sort of your career plan kind of before you went to university and post-secondary? What was your plan? Did you have one? It's funny. So growing up, I played a lot of sports. And so I wanted to do something active. And so I thought maybe I could be a physiotherapist one day <laughs> because I really liked, you know, sports and understanding injury. And I took sports medicine in high school and I really enjoyed those classes. But as I applied to university, I got into like a kinesiology program um, at U of A and at U of I applied to this other program that I don't think very many people know about. It's, it's a very small program called the Bachelor of Community Rehabilitation and Disability Studies, yeah. which is a section of um, medicine stream, but no one knows about it. It's like yeah. the, the one program no one really talks about. Um, 
I, I randomly applied to that because I thought, okay, like I'm familiar with disability studies. My mom works as a supportive roommate for this lady who has a disability. So maybe I'll just like apply to that, but I probably won't accept that. And so what this, this one was by chance that I just ended up choosing, hey, let me just like see what this is about. You know, it kind of started this trajectory of where I'm at now. And so for me, that was the beginning point of learning how much I really enjoyed learning about people. And so that was the beginning step for me in my education. Okay, so what did you gain from your education? Because like a lot of students are, are like, well, I don't know what I gained from my education. Like, like, <laughs> what did your undergrad education do for you? My first degree, actually, from, from my first year, we had practicum placement, so basically an unpaid internship um, from the very first year all the way to the end. And so that was incredibly valuable because as part of my first program, they really told us to try a lot of different sectors to ensure that we had a wide range of different populations that we worked with. So I think my first practicum was at the school board as well as like an early intervention nonprofit. And then I worked in like a day program for older adults who had dementia. And I also worked for the government as well. So that was another mandatory practicum placement for us was that we needed to know what it was like to work in government or like a macro level type of practice. And so by being able to be exposed to a lot of these different things, it really helped me figure out, okay, this part I kind of like, but also I like these aspects to it. And so through my education, my, my entire education experience, I think one of the biggest things that no money can buy for me <laughs> is, is that valuable practicum experience because I also got it in my BSW and my MSW. But did you have like a bad internship or a bad placement? Like, because we don't <laughs> talk about all the positives. And like, yeah. <laughs> I, I definitely have had some internships. I So I always think of bad internships, not necessarily as bad, but for me, not the right fit, right? Like I really learned who I was when I, um, I worked in child and family services, children's services now. Um, and I really learned a lot about the system and what that meant. And for me as a, as a person, I think I really struggled with having, being a social worker and being in a position of power and knowing that I can like impact someone's life so significantly. Um, and so for me that I knew that that wasn't a strong point for me. Some, some of my um, classmates really in, enjoyed being able to create positive impact in, in the ways that they work with people. But also another piece is um, some, some internships were better than others because of the level of support that I got. Um, so supervision in social work and just in any type of social services sector is just having a supervisor who really gets it, who really understands the work and is able to help you reflect in your work for me yeah. was really important. So some of my bad experiences, I guess, were um, sometimes having some supervisors who may not come from that social work background. And so it was hard to connect and help them understand where I was coming from in terms of how I was doing my work. Okay, which kind of leads into the next 
question, like, is there somebody in your career journey that, that was an, in, an influence for you, somebody that you aspired to be? Was there somebody that you looked up to or? I don't have any per particular person that comes to my mind. And I think when I think of that, the, the people that really impacted me and influenced my journey today is all of my my professors <laughs> in, in my first year of my bachelor's program as well as my classmates and so definitely I'll, i guess i'll share the story of my first day of my class and in my uh, bachelor of social work degree was um i remember my, my one prof saying that this degree will change you um, and you might be in a relationship that you may not be in at the end at the end of this program and we're going to do a lot of work and it's not about um, the work that we do with people it's actually work that we that's about ourselves and so that really hit me because I was you know in my first day of class I'm like what is he talking about I have no idea what he means by this and you know he said if this degree doesn't change you then we haven't done our job um, and so I really didn't understand until the last day of my my degree in my my social work program where I really learned what that meant. And it's really about breaking down all the things that we've ever learned <laughs> to build ourselves um, back up to 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 help people um, really understand where they're at. So it was really interesting because I think I still carry that to this day of you know, when I meet somebody really taking away all of the things that I I know to be so that I can really understand where they're coming at. Now, what's something that's been a challenge for you during your career? Like, what's been your biggest challenge, would you say? Right. I still, I still struggle with this, um, is knowing your personal and work boundaries and not taking clients home with you. Yeah. Um, because you know some some days you you might have a really hard session and maybe your clients really upset with you mm -hmm. and you know we as people just generally um we really care about our clients even though they may not see that sometimes um but letting being able to separate that and understand that it's not about us um, whatever they say whatever comes up for them it's not about us and finding ways to take care of that part that makes it that feels like you know it's it's a personal thing but it's not like client things that come up for clients it's usually not about us and really learning to create those personal um, and work boundaries because it can get to you absolutely okay this is the hard question so this is fill in this statement for me don't go into this career path if you dot 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 okay i think the biggest one that stands out for me is don't go into social work if you're not willing to do the work yourself and i say that because social work is a lot of reflection about what we understand and conceptualize about the system around us and what we understand about people and that in social work there is no right or wrong answer <laughs> sometimes it just is and so a big part is really really understanding yourself and really understanding what impacts you and how did you get to this point because if you don't know that and you know you're faced with a client who really challenges your beliefs it's really hard to be able to support them 
as best as you can. Yeah. <laughs> great, great advice. Seriously, really good advice. Absolutely. Now, what's something kind of a bonus about working in counseling or social work? Mm -hmm. like, I really like working with counselors because no matter what, like with social workers or when you work with counselors, I work in an agency and everyone is a counselor or a social worker by background. And so when you have, what's interesting is that you could probably talk to anybody and they're just going to kind of counsel you in a way to help you through your problems. And they're really empathic. So I think it's really interesting being in working with a bunch of social workers and counselors because they know it, it almost always feels like they know exactly what to say and what questions to ask you, even though you're not, you may not be looking for it. And it's a really supportive environment for sure. I, absolutely. I think who you work with is very important. And, and that's mm -hmm. one thing I, what I really like about working at the University of right. Calgary, especially in student yeah. support services, is people that generally work in student support services and yeah. people that are into counseling and social work yeah. are generally nice and they like <laughs> listening. And right? yeah. so I, I think, yeah, like I was kind of worried about before the interview with you, but then I thought, well, she's a counselor. Like, she, I mean, Deanne's got to be nice, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> And, and and you're a great listener too, right? And that, that you're working with people that are great listeners. So good for you. Um, okay, now this podcast is for students. So what like what are some tips you would give a, a graduate student right now or somebody entering the job market? I think something that I wish I had done earlier, if a student is still in school or still trying to navigate what to do next, I think one of the things that I wish I had done when I was in school is if you do have internships, maintain those relationships with your with whoever it is at that internship. You never know um, how that relationship might be helpful later on, or maybe they know somebody who can help support you in whatever it is. And also, um, you know, try a lot of different um, jobs or even just look into things you may not have ever considered because you'd be surprised that there are a lot of different things that out there that may fit for you and um, learning and researching a little bit more about what it is so that you get a better understanding of if it's the right fit for you and especially reach out to people to um, you know just go for coffee and just ask them hey like what's your job like what do you do on a day-to-day -day basis and people are usually pretty happy to just share <laughs> the things that they enjoy about their jobs and maybe the things that you know they don't enjoy as much and so definitely build build relationships yeah and you never know it, like networking yeah. is kind of never stopping right and yeah I, exactly i think maintaining and, and helping your network out too i think is very right important too. yeah for sure well, thank you so much. Like, my goodness, this is great. Like, you, I, I think you shared some fantastic information, and I think mm -hmm. you're doing great work, and I <laughs> wish you the best and success, and we'll see you later. Yeah, thank, thank you so, you much. so much. To listen to this interview again or other guests' audio, you can go to ucalgary.ca slash careers. So now I guess it's time to wrap up the show. And unfortunately, today we don't have time to do any of our fun segments, but instead we'll spend a little time to highlight a few of the main events that we have coming up. 
And so we have two big career fairs uh, at the end of this month. The first is the education career fair in which a lot of school boards come to. And that one's taking place on January 26th. Primarily, it is intended for Bachelor of Education students. But I would say if you're not in that program, but you're considering a career in teaching, then this would be a really good fair to attend. And the other one is the Winter Career Fair, which takes place on January 28th. And that fair is open to all students. Um, it's good for looking at summer opportunities, co-op, internship, and so on. Okay, so David, in a minute or less, can you give us a few tips? Here's some tips for some career fairs. It is do step one, step two, and step three. And step one is doing your research and preparation a little bit, kind of finding out who's going to be coming to the career fair and who do you want to get connected to. Okay. Step two is really showing up and, and showing up virtually, obviously nowadays, but, but showing up and making a connection with somebody at um, an employer is, is, is part two. And then if you are able to make a good connection with somebody, then make sure you follow up with them. So that's step three is really follow up and follow through. Okay, perfect. Thanks for that. Hopefully we'll see everybody at the fair. Virtually, that is. Can't forget that. But that does it for today, and we'll talk to you next time on In the Works.